<laughs> Good morning, everyone. And so I uh, just want to welcome you just to the house of the Lord. For those online who don't know me, my name is Erica Lavalli. I'm part, to, part of the teaching team at Living Hope. So we just want to welcome you this morning. And uh, before we start at the end of our, our wonderful series, I just want to take a moment to pray. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you, God, for all that this season has been, all that this experience has been, and the journey that you've brought us along in the last month, Lord Jesus, as we celebrated you. And so this morning, I just pray that you, again, would be at the center of it all, that you would be at the forefront, and that, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to your people just something very deep today, Lord. You know each heart here. You know their longings, you know their griefs, you know, God, what they need to hear more than what we think we need to hear. And so I pray, oh God, that you would illuminate the hearts and open up the understanding and that you would just show yourself today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are on our last leg of this series called The Christmas Experience, and today we're we're finishing it off with the resolve. Pastor Mona took the time to bring us all the way to the beginning, reminding us of the great gifts of salvation. And Pastor Glenn spoke on how Jesus is the reason for the season. And our main scripture has been John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I got a really great present yesterday. And I was really excited about it. My sister made me a t-shirt with this on it. And it's Jesus telling all of the superheroes, and that's how I saved the world. Because <laughs> he is the greatest savior. No matter you know, what we look to, there's not a superhero on this imaginary world uh, that could do what Jesus does. And so I thought that was pretty exciting. I'm going to wear that t-shirt a lot. And... Uh, <laughs> So today I want to talk about the results, and I know that a lot of you have experienced Christmas yesterday and Christmas Eve, and, and what I really enjoy, the, the greatest uh, thing about Christmas is seeing children open up their presents. And I just want you to remember what it is to be a child going to bed on Christmas Eve, knowing you're going to open up your presents in the morning, and there's anticipation uh, that night the child feels. He or she knows that there is something waiting for him or her under the tree. It has their name on it. It's beautifully wrapped. It's theirs. It's a surprise. But it will be something good. And when they wake up early and eager, ready for the discovery, excitement sparkling in their eyes, isn't that a great moment to see a child squeal with delight at their newfound surprise? And what they've opened and unwrapped they have an understanding of what is to come, and the result they know will be joy. And so in this season, I wanted to bring back to remembrance who our gift is. Because sometimes we get so caught up about what the gift giver, who is God, gives to us that we forget to seek that gift giver. He is the gift. Sometimes we're looking for an outcome. We're looking for something tangible. But if we only knew and discovered who Jesus is, then he would put everything into its proper perspective. 
God is our great father. And that's in that scripture. It says, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But what is eternal life? Is it a thing? Is it a circumstance? Well, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is our life. He is the gift. He is the outcome. He is the result. And for me this Christmas, it has been the season of celebrating because we get so enthralled in the traditions that we forget the main focus, and that is Jesus. And I was reading through, you know, just looking at the songs. The songs had such a new meaning for me this year, all the Christmas hymns and, and the, the Advent devotionals. It, they always kind of center around four elements, Jesus, hope, peace, and joy. It seems to be the theme that we hear over and over again. Well, when we open up that gift that God has given us, Jesus, in Jesus we find peace. In Jesus we find hope. In Jesus we find joy. And so the end result of Jesus coming as a child, taking on this assignment, ultimately the greatest gift was reconciled relationship with God. That is what is, was so lost. And the more you get to discover who Jesus is, the closer you become to him, the more you understand how precious that great gift is and the more cause you have to rejoice. And the more those songs, those worship songs or their Christmas songs seem to fulfill their meaning. And that's, it's not in how many presents I'm going to get at Christmas. It's not if my family traditions fall into place. It's not if everything that's on the outside is okay. It's really, it's really about who is inside. It's Jesus. And it's not an it. It's not a what. It's a who. It's Jesus. And I was studying 1 Peter, actually, one chapter 1, and I was like, oh, this is cool. There's like my key word in there. And it says, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, your faith, salvation of your souls. That's that reconciled relationship with God. And so I found a life worth living in Jesus because of who he is, because of the forgiveness of sins, and because of his righteousness. I don't have to create my own righteousness. I am accepted beloved and wanted and secure and c.s lewis puts it this way though our feelings come and go god's love for us does not and we can trust in that and if you have your bibles or your mobile devices i want you to turn to first peter we're going to read verses three to nine because i find there's so much of that result we see in that passage and so I'll just give you a second to get there. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. No one can take your relationship with Jesus away from you. 
No one can take away that confidence that you have in him in the hard, in the easy, in the everyday, in the mundane. No one can take that away from you. And that's why that inheritance is seated in the heavenlies. No one can touch it. People can touch your physical health. They can touch your circumstances. They can touch your human relationships here on earth. But nothing can take Jesus away from you. Nothing and no one. But sometimes we give it up. But God has given us a great. He doesn't take it away even though that sometimes we turn our nose on it. And so this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. This life on earth is just so small. This is just such a small moment. But sometimes we make it the whole picture. And sometimes we need to wonder, what is it that I'm living for? Really, at the end of the day, the new thing that I want, the accomplishment that I seek, the things that I try to control in my everyday, is that my whole life? Is that all that life is about? It's pretty sad if it is. But we have a greater glory for which we are living for eternity. Eternity with God. And the only thing that we can bring up there is the seeds that we've sown out of Jesus' love to others. And that's what we've called. That's part of the greatest gift. And it says here, These have come so that the proven genuineness of our faith of greater worth than gold. Are you going through circumstances right now? Are you going through through struggles and sufferings and trials? See, God is wanting to create something in you that will have everlasting uh, uh, significance. It will last for eternity. It has greater worth than gold. Yes, your struggle is difficult right now. But as God brings you through that struggle, you leave with something so much greater. You leave with a greater understanding of who Jesus is. And that is more precious than gold. And not only that, he does something in you that will last forever. Because it is his work. So whatever your circumstances you're going through at this moment, think about the end result that Jesus wants to give you, the greater gift of himself in you, that you would look more like Jesus every day. And he says, he says, which peris, so gold is perishes even though refined by fire, and that this uh, genuine faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. I think that we forget that sometimes because that's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? It's his love, kind of just going back to him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe him and are filled with inexpress inexpressible uh, and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. See, God wants to give you himself. And that's the greatest gift. And what's really great about that gift is when you look in that box where Jesus, you know, he's that gift. When you take out of it, there's always more. And so we, that means that we can give 
of what Jesus has given us. And there, he says that he is the fountain that doesn't have any end to it. And secondly, God, Jesus, he gives us hope, but he is our hope. And I love the lyrics of the song, Come All You Faithful. It says, Come all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Jesus is that hope. You know, we can joyfully and be joyful and triumphant and come and worship and adore him because we know what the end of the story will look like. We, even though we don't know what tomorrow holds, we know that who holds tomorrow. And I'd love to pray as Paul prayed to the, for the Ephesians. Says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. He has not called you to be living in despair. He has not called you to live in hopelessness. He has not called you to live with the discouragement of what tomorrow may hold. When you look to the future and all you see is the negative or the fear of what is to come, that is not what God has called you to. That is not your father's voice. That isn't the spirit speaking through you. That is the enemy, that's darkness, that's our own flesh. But God has called us to live and abide in that hope, looking to, the, to tomorrow, looking to the future, and expecting good. Not, it will not always look what, how we think it should look, but we know that Jesus holds us because he holds your future. And sometimes we're just so afraid of moving forward because, well, what if I fail? What if these things happen? What if the consequences happen? What if? But hope cries out and says, Jesus is. Therefore, I can move forward with confidence. I can make that decision. I can move forward and be obedient to what God says because if he's asking me to be obedient in something, it's because he holds the outcome and he knows what is my best. He says, I have plans to prosper you and a hope for the future. And so we can entrust our souls to that. But it's not just for us. You see, it's not just about us receiving hope. Jesus has called us to be light and salt to this world. And if we are living in despair, how can we show this world, this hurting world, the hope that Jesus is? If we can only see and know the hope to which Jesus has called you because God is greater, because God is love, because God is perfect and all-knowing and wise, why would we not have hope when we look to the future? Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And where do you think that outflow is going to? It's going and it's touching those who are around you. You know, done are the days. We don't have time to listen to the voice of the enemy anymore. So much is going on. So much is happening. And we are living in a world that is so chaotic, so hurting. We don't have time to listen to the voice of the enemy. We need to have that heart cry, that battle cry that says, no, I can hope in my God. Yes. 
I can trust in him. And our society as a whole is breaking down. The systems that should be in place to serve the people are broken down. Families are broken down. Relationships are broken down. But thanks be to God that we have hope to offer that does not rely on external circumstances or others. Billy Graham says, Our world today so desperately hungers for hope, yet uncounted people have almost given up. There is despair and hopelessness on every hand. Let us be faithful in proclaiming the hope that is in Jesus. And Jesus is calling you and I to be the light in the darkness. And let us pray and ask God for those opportunities to share this great gift that is Jesus and his hope that is solely dependent on God. So that's that other gift that as God pours in his hope, as you trust in him by the power of the Holy Spirit, then it will outflow towards others. Secondly, God, Jesus is our peace. He gives us peace, but he is our peace. And he is the source of peace himself. In the song Silent Night, it says that all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild and he sleeps in heavenly peace why could jesus as a baby take the assignment to put himself in a vulnerable place jesus knew what humanity held jesus understood the wickedness the darkness in which he would not just bring himself in he would bring himself vulnerable in a place of utterly, utter, utter dependence on human beings that were imperfect and that would want to cause him harm at times. Well, it's because Jesus understood who holds the world. And that's why he could sleep in Mary's arms, in Mary's imperfect arms. He could sleep there and rest because he understood who held him, who was in control, who was sovereign despite human nature and human uh, society's wickedness. Do you know that you're safe? Do you believe it? Do your actions and responses demonstrate that belief that Jesus is your peace, your rest? The psalmist said in, in Psalm 3, verses 5 to 6, he says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though 10,000 assail me on every side. He didn't say, oh, struggle's not going to come because I believe in Jesus. He says, no, I can rest because he is the one sustaining me. He is that, that overflow that I can put my dependence, put my trust in, and I can go and sleep and rest assured that nothing is going to happen to me that doesn't go first through my heavenly Father's hands. And I love this quote from Martin Luther. He says, I have held many things in my hands and have lost them all, but whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. I mean, that's powerful because God is powerful. What are you worrying about right now? What have you held heavy on your heart 
those concerns that you've held on to, God is saying, give them to me and I will hold them for you. You can trust in me. You are safeguarded by the almighty God. And so is all that you lay at his feet. And as we rest in Jesus, we can bring that same rest wherever you are. You know, people feel it off of us. When we start depending and trusting and resting in Jesus, putting every circumstance in his hands, it does something supernatural wherever you walk in. And people will start to question, why is it that they're not responding the way people should respond? They'll recognize and sense something supernatural, which is Jesus' peace. And lastly, God, Jesus is our joy. And that song, Joy to the World, describes it so well. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. I want you to ponder on that for a moment. You know, there are rooms of our hearts where we have not prepared it for Jesus to enter. There are areas of our hearts where that door is shut. How well is that going for us, really, in the end? And over this past year, it's been a challenging one for me, honestly. I've had to confront so many of my fears and my anxieties because I'm a pretty nervous person by nature and anxious, and I'm so afraid of so many things. And that was God's invitation for me to confront those fears. And it's amazing because, see, God didn't want me just to have freedom. He wanted me to have more of him, more of himself. Jesus wanted me to have more of himself. And as I confronted those fears, yes, I got freedom. But as I started, we started the month of December, I, I discovered something so amazing. There was a joy in my heart at celebrating Christmas. My focus became so much more clear. All the usual distractions seemed to fade away, and my heart began to well up with joy every time we sang a song, every time I came to church. Ever, the anticipation of celebrating Christmas was so much greater because I have this experience now with Jesus. I've come to discover him as a close friend. And I've learned to depend on him in such a greater measure. Jesus wants you to be free, yes, but he wants you to know him in a greater measure. And the greater you know him, the greater you rejoice. The greater your joy, the greater peace. Those are just they're just kind of secondary things. But when you, you get to know Jesus, you get to fall in love with him in such a greater measure. You know what? The circumstances that you're going through right now, it might be really difficult, and it most likely is. But see, Jesus wants you to discover him in such a greater and powerful way so that when you are over that circumstance, you've come to know something, not just know something, know something about Jesus.
And then you can give that know something about Jesus to others. Because it's all about spreading his joy, his peace, his love to others. And God wants to use your hands. And you know what's so cool? The moment you step out in faith and you start serving others and out of dependence upon him, following his steps in step, you also get to discover him in a greater measure. Have you ever had the moments where you start speaking about Jesus and you know it's the Holy Spirit leading? Isn't that a great moment? You get to discover something so much greater about God and there's that excitement that wells up within your heart. Don't you want to experience Jesus in a greater measure now more than ever? God is inviting you. He's inviting me to experience him in a greater measure than ever before in speaking his name to others. And so that is the end result. The end result is Jesus. He is our end result. And I just want to go back to that scripture in 1 Peter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. See, God wants to fill your heart with, his, with himself and the inexpressible joy. God is not a, a God of just, you know, rules and regulations. God is a great God. He's a powerful God. He's a holy God. He's a sovereign God, but he is a God of joy. And God doesn't want to take away joy from you. He wants to give you greater joy. And the only greater joy is found in Jesus. And David Jeremiah says, when our lives are filled with his peace, his faith, and joy, people will want to know what we have. And so his joy is part of that gift that we have to give to others in such a negative world. When your heart is filled with joy, when all is, that is going on is so negative, so dark, and it's so easy sometimes to get kind of sucked into that negativity. I mean, it's not hard to complain. <laughs> Very easy. But if, as we depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit in those moments when you're having conversations, especially, you know, right now with COVID and regulations, and, you know, I can get sucked in real quick on that. My friends know me very well. I have to like, okay, I'm going to stop right now. Um, but I, you can invite the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? It's that simple. What do you want me to say in this dark and, and negative conversation? Because all that does, those dark and negative and complaining conversation, it just brings the people just more down. And you have the power, you and I have the power, because of Jesus indwelling in us, the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, we have the power to bring light in a hopeless situation. We have the power to bring joy, to bring peace, to bring Jesus in that circumstance. It might just seem like a mundane little conversation, but Jesus wants to show himself more powerful in that mundane little conversation. Sometimes we think, oh, is it, you know, the great events? No, God is so glorified in the very little things, the very little conversations we have, sometimes in the hallway, in your family, with your children, with your husband, with your friends. God wants to be glorified. And when he is glorified, we experience him as well. And some of you may not have this gift that we speak of this morning. And you know what? It's not very complicated. Actually, 
It's as easy as ABC. And so first we A, admit that we have sinned. All of us have sinned. And so we all have this problem called sin. And our lives are not uh, how God intended it to be. You know, if on, a, on an even good day, we can say sometimes that we're a little selfish, self-centered. That's kind of part of, of our human nature. And the consequence of sin is eternal death. But Jesus, he says, for God so loved the world that he came so that we might have eternal life for those who believe. So first, we have to admit that we're in the wrong. And Jesus is perfect. Secondly, we believe in Jesus. He is our good news. And it's not just believing, you know, that he exists, because even the demons believe that he exists, but it's believing that he, that he died for the forgiveness of our sins and that he has eternity for us and that he wants relationship with us. So it's believing in Jesus, believing in his death and resurrection and the forgiveness of our sins. And C is I confess that Jesus is Lord. Hmm, Lord, big word, means that he's the boss. Say, mm, my life, managing it the way I've been doing it, hasn't been so great. I need a new manager for my life. And you can have your own very own personal manager, and he kind of like holds the whole universe together, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's the kind of manager I would want to have. And so, A, admit that you have sinned. B, believe in Jesus. C, confess that, he, that Jesus is your new manager. And that's the greatest experience that we can have this Christmas. And that's the results. And as soon as you've prayed that prayer, say, Jesus, I ask your forgiveness for my sins. I recognize that I am a sinner. I believe that you've died for my sins and you've forgiven me. You died and rose again. And only you have the power to break the power of sin. And I confess that my life is not manageable on my own. I need you, Jesus, to come in. It's that simple. And then he comes in and he sends his helper, the Holy Spirit, to help us. It's not some kind of, you know, mystical event. It's just his Holy Spirit comes and lives with us, and he is our counselor and our comforter, and he is there with us now. And he is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We have so much to rejoice for. That's all I wanted to say today. So I just want us to take a moment, if we could just take a moment to bow our heads and just thank Jesus for all that he is. I want you to take a moment and consider all your circumstances that you're going through right now. Declare him as Jesus. Declare him as your hope. Declare him as your peace and your joy. Jesus, I want to thank you for the joy that, that you are, that you have given me joy that is not dependent on my circumstances, that you've given me peace and hope that is not dependent on what who I even who I am and what I go through, but on who you are. And so I thank you, God, for all that you are. And I pray, my prayer this morning, I pray as Paul prayed, that the eyes of your people's understanding would be open to see the hope that they have been called to and the great gift that they've been given that can flow so freely to others. And I pray, Lord Jesus, in our conversations, in our mundane moments, may you come and inhabit those moments, Lord. And may you reveal yourself 
Help us, Lord God, in those areas where we're so rebellious, where we're so stubborn, where we're so arrogant in thinking that we know best. Help us, oh God, to be humbled and know that Jesus is the greatest. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm just going to invite the worship team to finish off with a song of rejoicing. And uh, like Ashley said, if you want to bring some gifts, it might be a good opportunity to share the gospel with someone uh, in your surroundings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's exciting because you and I are part of a greater kingdom. And when we totally understand that, there is so much to rejoice for. <laughs>